Welcome to the Untold Tales Audio Anthologies. Written by Dr. Jeffrey A. Robinson and narrated by Melissa Del Toro Schaffner. You'll love what you hear. You'll love what you hear. So hello and welcome to another episode of Untold Tales. Today, Jeff and I have a really special um, episode for you because we're going to have an interview and flip it around. So if you recall in episode 10, I had the privilege to interview Jeff about his life. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that, you might want to go back to episode 10 and take a listen to um, our conversation there. It was 30 minutes of action-packed conversation. (laughs) And today we're going to flip it around and Jeff is going to actually interview me about my background and what what I've been doing and how it all started so without further ado I'm just gonna uh, hand it over to Jeff and you're in perfectly capable hands thanks for listening all right thank you very much so it is turnabout today I get to ask you some questions (laughs) about uh, your role here uh, doing the podcasts and your background yep Before we start, why not remind us again how you got started with these Untold Tale podcasts? Right, right. Well, as you may recall, although the listeners wouldn't know this, we met, you and I met at a um, writer's meetup, right, in Avondale, um, Arizona. Here it's close to Phoenix. And um, I remember going to give an audiobook presentation, right? I I was talking about how you can... um, create an audiobook and, and the things you might want to think about when you're choosing a narrator, what, you know, where you want to publish it and all the different things you need to know with, with audiobook publishing. And I remember you had some of the most amazing questions <laughs> out of that small group of people, you know, how do you, how do you, um, do the voices and and all the different things like that and when I found out that you were also an electrical engineer like myself and you had an MBA like myself and all this other you know accolades that I thought wow this guy has so much in common with me yet we're so we're such different people and we come from such different places so I was really intrigued um, by that Uh, and then we had a conversation about all of these books that you had published what 12 books on on, only only nine don't care carry okay. away I'm wor- <laughs> working on number 10 now okay okay only nine uh you had nine books out there published uh for people to purchase and and I was like wow that's just a huge uh, a huge gold mine of of sh- quality short stories that I felt like the world needed to hear so I remember having the conversation with you like how about what are the options of putting it out there and then we kind of settled on giving people sort of commuter uh, short stories bite-sized short stories where they could listen to a story from their trip from their driveway to the grocery store and another one back home you know so that was really intriguing I lived in New York City um, for a while and that was something that I love to do so and we thought of a number of possible titles tales for travelers and things like this but we settled on untold tales which is based on three of my short story anthologies one of the questions that i wanted to ask that day was what made you get into uh voice acting Hmm. well that's a that's a really um fun question to answer because i i dipped my toe into it maybe 20 years ago and I was totally hooked. And then I, I um, 
let it go. I let it through my my fingers and I didn't pursue it, you know, until until more recently. But there was a movie that maybe some of you listeners remember it was called A Bug's Life in 1998. Um, and I was fascinated by that movie. And one of the biggest things that struck me about that movie is that the actors that were doing the voiceover weren't people that I that I could clearly identify. Um, if you remember there was another movie that came out at the same time called Ants, and it had some star, you know, A-list actors like Sil Sylvester Stallone, J-Lo, um, but this movie, A Bug's Life, was released just alongside it, and it just for the first time made me feel like that was something that I could actually do for a living, because I didn't have to be a big A-list star, you know, and I didn't have to you know, have all these Hollywood connections. I felt like the people in that movie felt very real to me and um, really inspired me that maybe I could do something like that someday. Well, that's something I had never thought of until you spoke that day. Um, but you're right. We have very different backgrounds. I grew up in the Midwest. Where did you grow up? I actually grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So um, right there in Steeltown, the Three Rivers. And uh, I grew up a Puerto Rican child in a Jewish neighborhood. <laughs> so my background just spans all kinds of cultures and diversity and, and ethnicity. And that's really played into the person I've become. That probably exposed you to a lot of different accents, too. Uh, tell me, were you a, an only child? Do you have brothers and sisters? Oh, yes. I have two younger sisters, and they are my biggest champions. Uh, we didn't always get along. You would sometimes find me rolling on the kitchen floor trying to pinch one with tongs, you know, like a barbecue tongs. <laughs> um, but as we've gotten older, we have really great relationships, and they have really supported my journey as an entrepreneur and as a voice actor. So I really appreciate them. Well, you commented that we both had degrees in engineering and an MBA. Uh, where did you go to college and uh, what other education do you have? Well, um, as all good Puerto Rican girls know, <laughs> it's important to establish yourself early and, um, you know, get an education, which is really important, which was really important to my family. I actually went to Penn State University. Uh, I went to the main campus on a full ride, a full academic scholarship, and then I actually lost that scholarship. It was a full ride to any school in the country, in the world, and I lost it my, after my freshman year because I took you know this, I took 18 credits of like physics, math, <laughs> and all of that, and it just buried me. It completely buried me, but um, I managed to graduate from Penn State University and in electrical engineering, and then I went on to Seattle Pacific University and got my MBA, and um, I, I don't know, awards, degrees, it's kind of like my love language. I really, I really love that, and um, I really respect it, so um it just gives me in a rush, a rush to, to have all of those accomplishments in, under my belt. Well, you and I both have uh, certificates in project management, too. Yeah. So our, our backgrounds were very, very similar. Yeah. Tell me, it, did the way you were raised influence your journey becoming a voice actor? You know, accents, choice of voices, storytelling. Right, right. You know, it's, it's funny because when you're a child, you kind of... In, inherently know what you love and what you're good at and somehow as we get older that gets squished out of us but I remember when I was little I was a 
big Barbie fan. Like I had 180 Barbies. 180? (laughs) Yeah, I had 180 Barbies at the peak of my Barbie career when I was like, I guess it must have been maybe 11 or 12 years old. And um, I mean, I would do inventory on all of their original outfits. I'd make sure they all had their shoes. Uh, I remember, this is a funny story I didn't tell you, but I remember one of my Barbies, happy birthday Barbie, she came with a little happy birthday box and inside of it was a ring that you could wear on your finger. And I remember, yeah, I remember wearing that ring with pride, like, and I wore it to the grocery store and the old grocery stores, if you remember the freezer section had, I remember, like they had those curtains that come down this plastic curtains to keep the cold in and you stick your hand through it well when I pulled my hand out the ring went down into the grating of the freezer unit and broke my little soul (laughs) to pieces and then my mom the next year bought me the same Barbie and do you know that the exact same thing happened with the next Barbie, I wore the ring to the grocery store. Like it was like Groundhog's Day. It was terrible. <laughs> it, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. But um, I would inventory my dolls, and my sisters would actually sit there and watch me play, kind of like a like a like a telenovela. You know, like they'd mm-hmm. sit there and and I'd come up with the stories and everybody had a first and a last name and they had family lineages and histories and people they could and couldn't date. You know, like and and I would use accents and where they were from in the world and and nobody sounded like anybody else. And it, it was just a real big production for me. And I think that that carried on into my voiceover career. Well, tell me, uh, have do you like the sound of your voice? Because so many people don't. When they hear themselves recorded, it's not what they expected at all. Right. Actually, I, I didn't. When I first heard myself speak back to myself, I really hated it. Make, it made me cringe. I thought, is that what my voice sounds like outside of my head? <laughs> you know, I did not like it. Um, but as I've, as I've grown up, it's grown on me. And knowing that this instrument is what I have been given to express myself and to really use it in a, in a very wide range. I've really come to appreciate what I'm able to do with, you know, with all the muscles in my face and, and my, and my mouth and my tongue and my voice and you know everything like that. So I'm really, I really love it now. I love how it sounds now, but I didn't when I started. Well, where do all your voices come from? Because I've listened to the narration of my stories and sometimes the way you interpret a character is different than I imagined, but somehow better. So where do the voices come from? Um, You know, it's kind of funny because basically the voices have come from everyone that I've ever known. I really love language. I love voices. I love people who have learned English as a second language. I love... um, just the way that different nationalities and countries and people express themselves um, with how they communicate just language. So since a very young age, I I like to mimic that. I used to mimic my dad and he hated it because he sounded like Ricky Ricardo. (laughs) (laughs) And he hated it. God rest his soul because he's passed away since. But I used to mimic him and I loved I loved the way that I could sort of parrot people's voices. 
And um, I used to think like, what good is that skill? Like, who's going to give me an award for parroting, like mimicking people, you know? Um, uh, it, it sounds like, like you have fun doing that. Is, is that your greatest joy in voice acting? Well, actually, I love it, but my greatest joy is just being able to tell the stories in a way that connects with people. Um, you know, even commercials are like mini stories, even, you know, maybe nine words, 30 seconds worth of words. It's still a little tiny story. And whenever you can connect with people with stories, and I know that you know this intimately because this is what you do with your stories and untold tales. It, it's just, it's something magical to be able to lift the words off of paper and deliver them in a way that really touches somebody you know, and, and really changes them. I, I share your passion. It's like painting a picture with words. Yeah. So do you have any special things you do when you're getting ready to record an episode? I visited your um, studio once and was really impressed with, with the equipment and the setup, but uh, that must be difficult. Uh, what do you, what do you do to prepare for each episode? Well, as you know, we're in Arizona. So most of the year here, it's very, very hot, right? And our houses here somehow, I don't know, let, let the air in and out of them so they don't stay cool or hot for very long. But um, what I tend to have to do in my, in my home is to super cool the whole house. Like everybody here suffers when it's a recording day. <laughs> Put on your sweater because I super cool the house like down to 70 degrees, which doesn't sound cold, but here in Arizona, that's cold. Um, and then what I'll typically do is super cool the house. I'll get some ice packs for my back, for my neck, sometimes for my computer. And, you know, cause we're emitting heat with all this cool equipment. Um, and I know that there are things you can do, but for the most part, it gets really hot in here, no matter what high end equipment you have. And I will sit down and I will record for about maybe an hour up to two hours before I have to actually do that whole thing again, super cool again, because it gets really, really hot and stuffy because I'm, I'm pretty well insulated in here for the noise outside. Well, I'll pray for you that you don't <laughs> have a neighbor who buys a barking dog or a drum set for a grandchild. <laughs> that, yeah, actually, you know, it's funny because I started my career in New York City and a lot of people in New York City have those issues because you have people, you know, stomping above you in the apartment above you and no booth, no matter how professional, will keep all of that noise out. So some other hacks are to work in times that are sort of low traffic, low noise. The software that I have, I use Adobe Edition with RX7 or RX Isotope, and there are tools to sort of paint out or erase out sounds like horns or, you know, some something like an airplane's leaving Luke Air Force Base. You can actually extract those noises from the file. So we have really great technology now, but the cleaner that you can record the file the first time around, it just allows the signal quality to be that much better when, when you're finished. So. Well, um, it looks like a lot of effort goes into this. What's the secret, do you think, of great storytelling? Hmm. You know, it's everybody has a, an opinion on this, and, and I'm no different. But I think whenever you can tell the story as it's unfolding in your mind's eye, like you're reading it and, and you're experiencing 
experiencing it for the first time, just like the listener is or the reader is. Actually, in this case, it would be the listener. And by varying your pitch and your pace and your tone and really getting involved in what it would be like, you know, if, if the character is very physical, for you to get physical, um, for you to get emotional. I've heard a lot of um, people who do audiobooks talk a lot about that, about if they're reading a scary book for them to actually get scared themselves. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, yeah I, I was in theater for a, a few years and realized that what you're doing is not narration. It really is like acting, the way you have to get behind your voice yeah. to reach the audience. Yeah, for sure. Well, a lot of a lot of voice actors will say it's small V, big A, small voice, big acting. And really, I've said this before in my social media, and maybe it's a little controversial, but everybody has a voice for voice acting. There's there's nobody who can speak with their voice. I mean, unless you have a really like no, even if you had a terrible voice, you would find a character somewhere, maybe an animated character that could really use that voice but the talent in it and and the reason why people coach and train just like athletes or you know like if you're getting your college mm -hmm. degree is for the performance of it because it's not very easy sometimes to see how you can lift those words off the page in a performance it really is acting and it's really not easy making and all it, those choices. it's hard the way you inflect and the way you project i tried to do it for five minutes and i was out of breath <laughs> Uh, uh, before we go, go uh, wrap up here, I had one more, I stumbled across an odd fact, and I want to know if it's really true. Were you really on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? <laughs> yes, yes, I was. I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in New York City. It seems like a thousand years ago right now, but, um, but it was only, I think it was 20, 2015. Yeah, 2014, no, 2014, because I think I had just gotten married or I was about to get, I was about to get married. It was March of 2014. You can actually find the episode on my YouTube channel, which is Melissa Del Toro International, but I'm not going to tell you what happened, but you know, suffice to say, I do have to work for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say his spoiler is you didn't get the million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I'll tell you, um, an experience like that really takes you to the highest and the lowest of any emotion that you can experience. And just man maintaining your composure. It seems like when you're sitting at home, and I'm sure that whenever people are listening to the untold tale stories, it's like, oh, yeah, I would have said it that way. But, you know, when you're right there in the middle of it and you're making the choices as you go, what do I do next? It's, it's not easy. Th those questions are not easy to answer like on the fly like that. I, I can only imagine the stress of being on stage, um, not only fighting for a million dollars, but having a million people stare at you. Yeah, yep. Um, I know you do a lot of stuff other than narrating short stories and uh, transforming books into audio formats. Uh, what are some of your projects and how do you promote others in getting started in uh, voiceovers? Hmm. 
That's a great question, Jeff. Um, so some of my other projects, I have done some book trailers for some authors, uh, you know, um, if they have a video that they want to put a voice on. I've done some marketing campaigns for any video that, that um, business owners like to put a voice over or, um, you know, tell a story. That Those are some projects I've done. I did a virtual reality project. It was really interesting. It was... Um, it was a virtual pitching product. So the company created a product where you, you could safely go and be asked the questions that real live uh, investors would ask you. And then you can practice like that. So I was one of the panelists inside of the program that would ask the question. Ah. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, what other things have I done? I can't, I have a couple in the works. I can't tell you. I can't well, tell I'm, you. I know, you, I know you've done some stuff to, to help people get started in voiceovers, podcasts right. and, and stuff. Could you just finish up by um, recapping some of those? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, if there's anyone listening, I know a lot of people have been told, you know, my voice is so good and people tell me I should go into voiceover. I have a a voice for radio and, and things like that. So I would encourage you to visit my freebie. I have on my website, www.melissadeltoro.com. Uh, if you go forward slash beginner underscore VO underscore advice. So beginner underscore Victor, what is it? Oscar? Yes. <laughs> <Victor> Oscar <laughs> underscore advice. Um, I have five tips for getting started in voiceover and there's a lot of resources there so um, if you're interested in you know learning more about what it takes or how you get started you might want to visit that so well i i wanted to thank you you you've explained a lot and i just want to let you know that we have as much fun listening to your stories as you apparently do creating them so i wanted on the behalf of your listeners uh uh, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much. And I really look forward to getting to episode 100 and 200 with you, Jeff. And the listeners are going to be really excited when they find out what we have in the works as far as other stories we're bringing to the Untold Tales umbrella. Well, I, I'm writing as fast as I can, but I'm hoping <laughs> to send you works by other authors as well. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. So stay tuned for works from other authors. Um, and I know you'll love what you hear. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. We love our listeners, fans, and patrons. If you loved what you heard, please like and subscribe to our audio anthology and consider visiting our Patreon site at www.patreon.com forward slash Melissa Del Toro voiceover. If you'd like to read more of the stories in the Untold Tales series, not narrated here on our podcast, you can find Jeff's books on Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle format. The links for all of this information are conveniently listed in this episode's show notes. Thank you and have a wonderful day.